Welcome to Cloudlandia. Mr. Sullivan. Uh, Mr. Jackson, it's uh, good to talk to you. Nice to talk to you. Welcome I, I to Cloudlandia. I had a chance to see you the other day, but uh, there really wasn't uh, a time for a personal discussion when there were mm. 496 other people. That's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah, it was good. It was a good uh, end of the year thing for Joe and uh, kickoff. And, uh, and so he's gone. Uh, yep. So we should yep. say so for listeners, our uh, our uh, good friend and collaborator Joe Polish is off on a one year sabbatical, and um, so far so good. I haven't heard mm-hmm. from him yet. He's, uh, I know he's starting off in Florida and doing a, I think five straight days of, of meditation. He's doing a, a mm. meditation workshop. So that's great. I, you know, what mm-hmm. a great way to start the, uh, you know, the reset. Um, yeah. Have you ever thing. done anything like that? No, I have not. I have, um, some friends who've done, uh, silent retreats like done you know mm-hmm. a seven day silent retreat mm-hmm. um i don't know uh, have you done anything like that well here here's the question um I, bo- I think both of us share a particular capability that we're good on our own yeah in other words i can be dazed by myself yeah, and uh, I don't feel disconnected uh, as a result of being by myself. So right. I just wonder if it. you, yeah, and um, you know, and there are certain people that I really enjoy being with. Babs, in my case, and yeah, you have your special special people, but uh-huh. uh, you know, I can always um, find things to keep my mind. Busy yeah. and interested, and um, and I've tried. You know, I've done uh, one day meditation retreats, and I, I found them kind of boring. I just, you know, uh, the thing was that I was supposed to be by myself, and I was, but I was just doing the normal things that I do when I'm by myself, while uh-huh. other people were meditating. So, um, yeah, and I find yeah, okay. as I get older, I'm becoming more and more selective, just what I will allow myself to be connected to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I've discovered, like I have uh, had a few days here over the holidays where it was just me and the, it, I have found a channel on YouTube that is 10 hours of, a crackling fireplace and (laughs) (laughs) Dan that has become so meditative in a way that (laughs) I can't explain, you know, it goes, I, I, one of my favorite ever, I launched the loop (laughs) 10 hours. Yeah. It's a 10 hour loop, 10 hour loop of, of crackling fire. That's really good because uh, oh yeah no it's, the ones and there's that, no music. they used to have it on they used to have it on cable uh, you know when I used to watch oh, television yeah. and it was on cable but it was like a 
five minute loop. You could tell after about five minutes. So that, oh, this that is, I don't before. know the. Oh, that's funny. Um, I've seen that. Just the, I, 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 I've seen that sequence before. You know, <laughs> uh-huh. the crackling. Um, you know the sounds of it, but it reminded me so much of circa, let's say nineteen. 90, 89, 91, in that era there, the first early uh, 90s. The the Delta Hotel in Meadowvale. Uh, yes, on I the know. 401. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know where it is. I know where it is. Yeah. Very close to, to Georgetown. Um, yeah. Had, had a, a fireplace. wood burning fireplace. fireplace in the lobby. Yep. Yep. And I remember it. One of my favorite things to do was to go get some magazines or a book and my journal and go to the lobby of the uh, Delta Hotel on a Sunday afternoon. And I would sit there for hours by the fire, just thinking and reading magazines and, and, you know, drinking hot chocolate. And I, it was just like uh, such a blissful time, you know, mm-hmm. in that period. Mm-hmm. And it was, mm-hmm. it was so, uh, just, you know, I, I find it meditative. This, uh, as kind of reminded me of that, you know, this last, uh, um, uh, discovering this channel now. So, were you a military kid? I mean, your dad was in the Air Force. So, so only for the first, space? just for the first two years, and then my dad got a job with Air Canada. Oh. We settled in. Okay. We settled yeah. in in uh, Ontario then. Yeah. Yeah, because I was in South Korea for two years. You know, working uh-huh. in, in the army, and uh, we had a full family base. So um, uh, they have an organization in the Army, which is called MAG, MAG, and MAG stands for Military Assistance Group. And these individuals work with their counterparts in the with whatever army they're in. So if it's in uh-huh. Korea, they're working with the South Korean Army. So they're not actually interacting with American uh, troops. They're interacting with uh, officers. NCOs and, um, you know, the military of the group, and they train the group in American organizational techniques and strategies and everything else. But one of the perks, if you're in the MAG, is that you get to bring your family with you. And, uh, uh, yeah, you know, when America goes overseas, they bring America with them. So our base, mm-hmm. if, if you didn't look above the uh, top of the wall, where you could clearly see that the uh, Mountains there were not American mountains. The rest, uh, if you kept your eyes, you know, didn't look above the wall and you looked around you, it, it could have been Sioux City, Iowa. You know, it could have been, could have been anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Could have been a shopping center, bowling alley, uh, you name it. They had a golf yeah. course, everything. And then there were ranch houses. You know, there were probably uh, yeah. 50, ran- 50 ranch houses. And this is where the, families lived and uh so one of the things i ran the entertainment group there and we had a center which was a theater and i was able to put on plays and it was probably one of the great um entertainment spots 
you know, uh, that you could ask for because uh-huh. um, when you put on plays, you would have women, you know, you could put on women and children. And so you could have a full cast, you know, like that. Where yeah. Ordinary, ordinary army base. Uh, you probably get women. Yeah. You could get, you could, uh-huh. you could get Red, Red Cross. Uh, they didn't have many women in the army at that time. So it would have been sort of red, they had Red Cross nearby. So you could get that, but you wouldn't get the children. And that, that was great. And, uh, but I got to talk to them. And on average, uh, these kids who are 14 years old, this has been their seventh, this had been their seventh uh, assignment. And um, two things about that. Um, that was in mainland days. And what I noticed were they were a bit more mature than you would find at home. Uh, a 14 year old seemed more like a 17 or 18 year old. Right. And the reason was they had to sever their relationships every two years, move to a new place, get yeah. a whole new set of relationships. And if, you know, they might write or drop notes or anything else. And I think that, uh, I'm sure that that situation still exists in the modern army, but kids have social media now. So they probably, yeah. you know, they, they stay totally in touch with everyone they've ever known. So it's probably a, um, a real upgrade in the experience of being in a situation where physically you had to, in, in the mainland, you had to move every two years, but uh, in Cloudlandia, you could stay constant with your relationships yeah. going back. Yeah, so a very interesting difference. But uh, one of the things I noticed is that they had an ability not to get too deeply involved wherever they were. And they mm-hmm. were, you know, they had good manners. Most of them could, you know, talk, you know, really well in conversation and everything. But you had a sense that they had learned how to keep it sort of on the surface. Not going yes. really too deep, but I, I yep. expect that's changed now with social media. Yeah, I mean, you look at the, um, yeah, I mean, you look at how easy it is to stay in touch. I mean, you look at how far flung our relationships mm-hmm. are now. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, that's pretty amazing when I think about like really contrasting what was going on in. 1989, or and this let's was call 1960s, it 1990s. So I'm, ta- I'm talking oh, yeah. about 1960s, you know, 65 yeah. to 67. Yeah. So this is a great yeah. swath because you're talking about, you know, 20 years even before that. I'm talking in in then. Now we're talking about today, like the difference mm-hmm. between 2021 and 1971 or 1967 is, you know, completely. Uh, the the difference when you think about the the difference between 1960s and the early 1990s, there's not yeah. that much difference, right? When you really look at that compared to the difference between music 1990s and the 60s. Well, the music was better, but the distribution of methods mm-hmm. for it were the same. Uh, you know, I guess because uh, it's sort of broke down. You know, uh, I was noticing about five years ago that the the best tours of the previous year, the ten top uh, tours, uh, yeah. all the um, all the groups or individuals 
who were on the best tours, the 10 top grossing tours in the United States, um, uh, had been really popular in the late 60s and early 70s. And yeah, isn't that like that's the legacy? Yeah, like the, you know, the Stones. Were yeah, the Rolling them. Stones, yeah. U2. And, uh, yeah, and everything. And the reason is because they're... they're audience had been a national audience and no yeah. singer today can have a national audience you can you can have a really big niche audience but you can't have a national audience yeah that's something isn't it i mean mm-hmm. that's what i wonder about right now like i look at that as um that's a big difference right because there yeah. were everybody was there was only one um, you know, uh, who was the big talk show? There was only one, uh, Ed, um, oh, Ed who, um, there was, there was only one Ed Sullivan and there was only one yeah. American bandstand and there was only one, you know, Casey Kasem's, uh, countdown, all those yeah. things that everybody had a centralized curation. The, the mm-hmm. output was there were only you only had to keep your eye on you know half a dozen uh spouts that yeah, all of the there, music uh, was coming out of you know it's really interesting the leading uh news commentators in those days late 60s yeah. early 70s had all made their reputation as uh war correspondents during the second world war edward Armour, uh-huh. uh, mike wallace walter cronkite yeah, these, these had been these had been twenty five and thirty year old uh, war correspondents in Europe, uh-huh. in the South Pacific, and yeah. they had established their they had established their reputations on radio, and then when television came around, um, they had big audiences that they could plug into right away. Who had been radio listeners and now became TV mm-hmm. watchers. And, well, that's really how they they approached the news. And and even entertainment then, wasn't it? When they were yep. just kind of mm-hmm. taking radio and doing it on television. That's uh, yeah. so that made all the sense in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's really, really interesting. And you've talked about, we've had this discussion before uh, about, um, you know, things that uh, we're talking about the little rascals, you know, yes. and that that had been one of the first really serialized uh, products in the movies uh, in the 30s, in the 1930s. Mm-hmm. And yes. they were really they were really short. I doubt if they were any of them were beyond a half hour. You know, they were right. uh, maybe 15 minutes, a half hour, yeah. whatever they did. But every Saturday in all the movie theaters, it would be part of the feature. Whatever, regardless of what the featured movie was, you would have the Little Rascals as a... Yeah. Um, as a um, you know, as as part of your entertainment, right? And right, right. Uh, and uh, you were talking about Seinfeld, you know, the selling of all the Seinfeld as a package yeah. and how much yeah. that was worth. But uh, the Little Rascal still runs, you know. I mean, it's a package. Yes. it's a property that still runs, and uh, uh, they're enjoyable. I mean, if you watch them, yeah. they're they're extreme, and they were totally integrated in the nineteen. 19- <laughs> uh 1930s you know i mean uh, yeah it, um you know um 
Darla the, and Alfalfa. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spanky, and, uh, Buckwheat, Spanky. the whole gang. Yeah, yeah, the whole gang. And, uh, but it was very, very interesting. And they, uh, they, they, they would be, int- the plots are interesting today. I mean, they're, yeah. Uh, I think that they were so popular because they were well written and, uh, yeah. The actor, the kids were really good. I mean, they really, well, they were kind good. of like a mini, uh, like in the, in the, same vein as the Three Stooges kind of um, mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. humor, yeah, mm-hmm. like the mini mm-hmm. Stooges in a way, right? Yeah, 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 and uh, yeah. So it's 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 really interesting. But we the the thing about us today in 2021, because we're, this is the third day into a new year here. Yes, uh, and I want to ask you about this year because uh, okay. I've noticed something different about the year that I had, and I I think that your year was more like my year mm-hmm. than your year was like other people's year. So that's a we come back to that. But the bookmark. The reason, yeah. The, yeah. The re- the reason I, I think it's very very unusual is the vast recorded memory that we have in 2021 of things that had 50, happened 25 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, because we have the recordings. We have the we have the sound recordings. We have the video recordings. Yeah. And my sense is that that gives you uh, a totally different perspective on the world. Uh, the fact that we we now have these law and memories, which used to be only passed on by stories, you know, people would mm-hmm. tell stories or you know, thing. But uh, w- with the internet now, you can go anywhere. Uh, yeah. And uh, and uh, you know, I'm completely ADD when it comes to the internet. I go where where my brain tells me to go every. Two minutes or every minute. Yes, like uh, oh, like our oh, like our good friend uh, Doctor Hallowell says, like a toddler at a picnic. That's how we <laughs> approach the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I came across the uh, one yesterday, which was really interesting because I'm a World War. I was born during World War II, so I've got a, an attraction to things that are World War II topics and uh but the most dangerous weapon that the germans feared more most well that's a great headline you you really really want to know what the germans feared because everybody yeah. feared the germans everybody feared the germans what, what were they scared of and it was a thing called bailey bailey bridges this is uh what they were really scared of and this civil servant uh with no particular background for it created a bridge that could be carried in people, uh, soldiers' backpacks. And it mm-hmm. was like a Lego. It was like Lego that they could come to a stream that was out where the Germans had knocked out a bridge. And uh, if, if it wasn't too deep, uh, in other words, that they could, uh, they could, they could actually clip these parts of the bridge together. And within about two or three hours, they could put a complete bridge over let's say a twenty or thirty foot span, and then the jeeps right. could go over, and then the trucks could go over, and they were called Bailey Bridges, and uh, they could take them back down afterwards. You know, if they didn't. Yeah. So it was just a one-off, 
And it was uh, really, really scary to the Germans because they thought knocking out the bridges would stop the um, the advance of the Americans and the British. This was British. But the Bailey bridges were just, uh, uh, they're, they're like the container box that changed the world trade. You know, it's uh-huh. just a very simple thing. And uh, you, you, all you needed was pliers. You know, you just needed basically pliers to put the thing together, and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, uh, that very very interesting. But that's the sort of thing I'll come across, and I'll say, boy, that's really fascinating. That's really fascinating. I'd never heard about that. Here I am, you know, I'm going on 77, and I said, no, all my World War II explorations, I never came, but this was crucial. This was really crucial. This uh, you could put a bridge anywhere pretty well, uh, you know, uh, and the soldiers could carry it in their backpacks or it could be carried in the back of the truck or something like that. And mm-hmm. they didn't need engine. They didn't need engineers. They didn't need any specialists. They knew how to put up a bridge, Bailey bridge. Yeah. There you go. Well, that's, I yeah. love things like that. Like in isolation, when you start to think yep. about the impact that one simple innovation can have, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. And now, now we now kind of take point, that for granted. I have, I have to give myself credit because I remembered what I wanted to remember. Okay. Okay. So perfect. I got a really great. Uh, I got a great email from a friend on New Year's Eve. You know, just really grateful, and it's been a year of extraordinary change for everybody. And I was sitting there pondering it afterwards, and I said, "My my year from if I look at the last nine months." It's only different from any other year before in terms of my medium of communication. Mm-hmm. In other words, the yeah. only thing that changed over the last year is that instead of doing in-person workshops, I did Zoom workshops. Yes. Which I had already been doing for other you know, for other purposes, I'd already, so it wasn't something new that I had to learn. I just had, it was the only thing left to actually use. And I did that. But when I look at how I organized my days, my weeks, my quarters, what my projects were, exactly 2020 was exactly the same as the year before. It's just that Mm -hmm. uh, uh, probably 30% more productive because I didn't travel. Well, that is what I found too. That's exactly right. Like that, you know, we're close 10 months now since, I mean, literally mm-hmm. the last place I was, was, uh, was in Phoenix. Chicago. Uh, oh, and Phoenix, no, right. It was yeah, in Scottsdale. Phoenix. Yeah. And Scottsdale, the boulders. That's right. And, uh, yeah, so that, it, but you know, you look at how adaptable everybody became and, uh, I just I look at it now, and it's like having a, a jet. We've talked about it. That that's really what these Zoom uh, capabilities are. It's like having a a jet that you can be wherever you want to be, and invite people uh, invite people in. Uh, so I I, just, I look at that man, just so um, amazing to be in this early days of Cloudlandia, you know, mm-hmm. of being where we're at the fully mature, it's open 
it's open for business now, you know, and we are really at the, uh, at the early stages here. I'm, I'm just so happy about it. Yeah. But I, I, I just want to put two pieces of information together, uh, because, yeah. you know, I, you know, we were on the, I love marketing the other day and there were various little talks about the tremendous, you know, uh, stress that people were going through and that people were, you know, um, and, you know, there were suicides happening and people were, you know, going deep into their addictions and everything like that. And I sat and I listened to it, you know, for about five minutes and I said, I didn't do anything different. I mean, socially, mm-hmm. what I would do by my side. So I'd like to put the Cloudlandia ability, which both of us have enjoyed enormously, but, but we were prepared for it before. Uh, with the fact that we're okay on our own. Yeah. Well, I think that's true. And it, but it's it's interesting because it's not like we had ever done anything like this. Like it wasn't just like some percentage of the things we were doing were were being done in Zoom or, you know, up until March of this year. Uh, I had not done any type of zoom um groups you know so that being able to um adapt or being able to just seamlessly bring things over to that i think there's um yeah that that was just completely uh fit right in our wheelhouse you know Mm mm-hmm Yeah, and I think, uh, well, part of us, both of us, um, our product is a conceptual product. It's not a physical product, so it's a conceptual, and that lends itself extremely well to virtual uh, virtual communication. And the other thing is that our concepts are sort of modular concepts. They build on each other. Yes. So, yeah. and they intertwine. I mean, they're, they're, our concepts amplify, uh, you know, each other's concepts too. That's mm-hmm. really a, when people are, are, uh, using them in combination, that's a really, uh, mm-hmm. that that's a really powerful thing. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm just, uh, I'm just wondering because, uh, um, you know, it's not that I'm unsympathetic to, uh, people, but I, I I am sort of unsympathetic to the pain of people I don't know because I, mm-hmm. I tend to be sympathetic to the people I know. But um, a thought occurred to me is that neither of us sells pain. Right. We sell gain. Yes, that's true. Yes, shortcuts. Yeah, and I kind of, you know, there I like the topic, you know, the speaker and the topic on I love marketing. Um, that may have been interested, interesting to me, you know, maybe 45 years ago. But uh-huh. It's not a topic that's really interesting to me right now. It's like taking your pain and turning it into a product. You know, it's like taking your pain right. and turning it into a product. And uh, 
I guess there's a period of your life when you, you know, you're interested in that and there's things to be gained from it. But I'm at a point now where I'm just looking for the next shortcut, as you say, the shortcut. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I want things to be more economical. I, th- I want things to be simpler. I want things to have a greater multiplier uh, mm-hmm. effect to them. And I'm I'm really not trying to solve any problem, and I'm really not trying to eliminate any particular pain at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that's really, you know, this is where we really have uh, the opportunity to create, to to literally just embrace the things that we, uh, that fit with that. And everybody has that same possibility now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. this is why I'm just, man, I just, I, it, it blows my mind when I start to think about, I've been thinking because as I shared with you, I've been kind of taking a multi-layered approach to uh, the last, you know, modern civilization through the both the American history and the, the evolutionary history, all of these things, to see the different ways people tell this story of how we got to here, basically. And it's it's um, it's been a fun kind of mental process to think about what's this going to be told, uh, you know, a hundred years from now, what is this going to, you know, when we look back at 2020, looking at the, this, the beginning of the migration, you know, where everybody has, the everybody has a radio station everybody has the tv everybody has every you know the ability to meet with everybody i've been um i don't know what since you're not really online as much um have you seen the all the talk about clubhouse now no Okay. So Clubhouse is the new social media that is just like, it's got everybody's attention right now. And essentially, it's a, just a gathering place, audio wise. It's like a, a room that you go into and it's just this discussion. There are people on stage kind of thing, having a discussion about something, people can listen in or can ask questions or can participate in the conversation. And it's not recorded. There's no trail of it. It's all happening live right now, real time. And there's, you know, thousands of rooms going on and you are connected with people that you like to follow. And I start to, I start, I wonder, you know, I think back to what it must've been like, like, you know, in 
30 BC when the philosophers were, you know, gathering and, and discussing life. That's maybe the beginning of thinking about your thinking, right? Well, at least it uh, recorded uh, uh, that we have the recordings of what they did. Yeah. No, I and mean, so, uh, the, uh, I mean, uh, my sense is that uh, it's been going on uh, forever, but you didn't have it actually written down, and uh, people would have discussions over things that had happened in other places and before that. So I think what happened there was sort of a uh, probably a 500-year breakthrough when things were written down and you could transport them from one place to another. And, I got you. Uh, and, and they were ideas. And so, you know, people said, well, that's a really interesting idea. Let's have a discussion group. Let's have a clubhouse yeah. meeting. Let's have a clubhouse yeah. meeting on this idea. Uh, but, but it's not for posterity. The, the, the clubhouses history. would change. The clubhouses would be wherever the physical gathering was uh yeah yeah you know it's interesting uh, can i tell you what it strikes me i mean i i only have your description of it to yeah uh introduce me to it but i think that uh one thing we want uh we want to create new cloudlandia places that yeah. um mark zuckerberg can't know about Right. And, uh, That's exactly the guys at Google, the guys at Google, the guy at Twitter, they can't know about this. So yeah. they can't record it. They don't know who's doing it. And there's no predictability about when they're going to happen. And my right. sense is that it's a human response to being infringed upon. Hmm. And I think, but it's also now it's an interesting evolution. Like now it'll be, uh, really interesting to figure out how the um how it'll be used you know like i think when people um what i'm noticing is that there are people who are spending hours and hours and hours just in clubhouse rooms mm -hmm. right keeping a perpetual conversation going so people can mm -hmm. jump in and and mm -hmm. do this. And so I was, um, you know, one of the, the people um, who's been doing this a lot is Perry Belcher and uh, Fernando Cruz. Um, Fernando's runs one of the big Agora divisions. So I recently just joined Clubhouse and I got a notice that Perry had a room going on in a uh, at a clubhouse uh, going on. I popped on and then they see everybody who comes in and there's, you know, at this point, hundreds of people in this room and they're talking and, you know, sharing ideas. And then he sees that I came in and, you know, uh, moved me up on, on stage and then we just had a, isn't you know, it, uh, the, the stage isn't a real stage. It's a virtual. No, it's stage, just, a, right? it's a virtual stage. You can see on the, uh, on your app, just the headshot of, of who's there. 
and who's speaking. Um, oh. And so, so he moved me up. Not not a video. It's just no, your, but just a picture. Just a picture. Yeah, uh, just a representation of that. This is who's in the room. And then when you're speaking, there's little sort of gray circle, um, you know, sound waves coming out of your emanating from your thing. So you can see who's talking and who's, uh, mm-hmm. who's on stage. And then all the people that are in the room and, you know, I, I look at the thing. So they, you know, uh, brought me in both, you know, just said nice, you know, glowing things about me. And then, all of a sudden I've got, you know, 280 followers. Now my first, you know, 280 people are like all go to, uh, to follow me. So now if I were to go and start a room, another clubhouse, those 280 people would say, would be, uh, notified that, Hey, Dean Jackson and Dan Sullivan started a room. You know, it's an, it's a, and so what, what's very interesting to me is that it's, I'm trying to see how this really could go. Um, but I was talking with Perry that we were kind of likening it to live radio is yep. almost really what it is. And so you could imagine that there would be the kind of thing where you and I could do this in clubhouse and have hundreds of people just listening in Mm -hmm. if they wanted to, or to ask questions or to Mm -hmm. uh, participate. However it was, but you could, I think that's, who's going to be the winners is scheduling the rooms. Like you can schedule the program and say, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I uh, like about it, uh, from what you've told me so far, is that my feeling is that uh, humanity is always much bigger than anything that humanity creates. Okay. Yeah. So th- there's, and this is not a belief that's shared in Silicon Valley, uh, right. you know, for as an example, or in Hollywood or on yeah. mainstream news. And everything that uh, basically um, uh, there's an intelligence factor in technology that that the intelligence will exceed that of humanity. And I said, well, not really. I said, you know, given everything that humanity thinks about and everything everything that humanity, let's just treat humanity as a, you know, as a reality in the world, in the universe. we don't know if it's beyond the world, you know, we don't know if it's beyond this planet. There's no evidence yet that there's any other intelligence out there uh, besides human intelligence. But when you think of all the things that human intelligence deals with, everything that Silicon Valley uh, Silicon Valley is doing represents like a period at the end of a, a chapter that human experience is just vastly beyond anything that can be, um, you know, actually visualized in Silicon Valley, you know, as far as what people talk about. But 
technology can sort of impose itself. Like, so if you think about newspapers impose themselves, mm. and then if you wanted the news, you had to get the newspaper. And then yeah. radio came along. And then radio came along, and all of a sudden, newspapers had to move over a little bit. Somebody else wanted to sit on the bench, and it was radio. Uh-huh. And then television came along, and then 24-hour cable television came along, and then the internet yeah. came along. And so now newspapers are gasping for uh, air because uh, they're getting thinner and thinner because the advertisers saying, you know, it's not such a great place to put your money if you want to get people's attention, you know. And uh, and and so my sense is that you had social media, which got up to about 2.5. I think Facebook got up. About, and they're losing customers now because young people aren't going for Facebook. You know, they're not. Well, uh, they're all on TikTok. And yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh-huh. and. And, uh, you know, if I know young people, they don't like being supervised or watched. Um, right. You know, uh, and so my sense is that that's a human quality. We don't like being supervised and watched. Um, we we want uh, spaces. I'll use spaces in the virtual sense that we're using here. Is that uh, I, I, I want... Um, Unless Mark Zuckerberg wants to come on as himself and have a chat on Clubhouse, I don't want him to have any ability to utilize what's happening in this experience beyond what he personally could get out of it. You know, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but uh, my my feeling is that there has been this sense, and the Chinese are very much into this. The communist Chinese are very much into this that you can um, basically know what people are up to. And my sense is that human beings don't like other people knowing what they're up to. Uh, well, I think that's an interesting. I think you're right. I mean, that whole, uh, you know, before, right before Clubhouse really took over the spotlight here, there was a little period of time right around the election when there was a an alternate um Facebook um, or Twitter um, medium called Parler that was starting to get uh, mm-hmm. attention where you could, you know, speak without censorship kind of thing. It yeah. was really the, yeah. uh, that'll know, get bigger. I mean, that, 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 well, my, my sense is that there will be within 10 years, there'll be another Google that is an alternative Google. There'll be an all, Every one of them that exists today, there will be an alternative. And part of this will just come out of court cases because there's some major court cases that will um, – where verdicts will come in in 2021. The big one is Oracle versus Google. Where Oracle has the proof that the essential 11,000 lines of um, coding that really got Google started as a search engine actually belonged to Oracle. And um, – Oh, they really? Want wow. Get, they want to get paid for everything that Google's made on it for the last 20 years because they put in their lawsuit about 15 years ago on this. And Google actually approached them to license it, and then they dropped the licensing agreement and just took the lines. It's, it's a huge, I mean, it's a massive, massive court case. It changes the world. And it's the Supreme Court. It's in front of the Supreme Court right now. And oh, is it really? Wow. Law, 
And under the laws of the Constitution, I, I can't see how Google wins this. Wow, that's something. I didn't realize yeah. that was uh, going yeah, on Facebook's right now. Got this, Facebook's got the same problem, and Twitter's got the same problem. They stole code. And if oh, it yeah. goes through for Google, then it breaks the whole, yeah, <laughs> breaks wow. the whole thing. Yep. Yeah, you just imagine, you know, our both our desire for, I mean, as society, we want freedom and we want these things, but we also want them to be free. <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of, it's an interesting, you know, if you take away the profit motive for why, why Google is so great and why Facebook is so great is because it's in their best interest to engage our attention because that's the product, right? That's how they monetize. So it's in their best interest to make things as, uh, as great as possible. But if it were a non advertising model, if they like what's happening now with Apple changing their privacy uh, policies to cut out tracking. That's going to like have a, you know, a huge problem for Facebook advertising. Mm -hmm. If you can't, if you can't know that, you know, who you're tracking is the right uh, to show your ads to somebody based on data that you've been tracking them with, uh, that becomes a big problem for Facebook because now their mm -hmm. product is, is, uh, there. So it's, it's kind of a, it's a really interesting well, thing. Here, here's the, here's the thing. Uh, so I'm looking at big antitrust this, uh, Part of this falls under antitrust legislation, and that's where you become yeah. so big that competition is no longer possible. That yeah. you that any competition that uh, pops up, you've got a way of, uh, you know, um, stopping the competition from ever getting a foothold. Okay, yeah. and you reach a line where, yeah, you don't own a hundred percent of the market. But you can prevent competition, and that comes under. And uh, the Constitution is really designed to create competition. If you look mm -hmm. at the fundamental purpose of the U.S. Constitution, yeah. it's more of an economic. Uh, it's, it's to have as little politics as possible getting in the way of economic expansion. That's if I could. You know, uh, if I could sum up the U.S. Constitution yeah. in a sentence, that's what it is. So but when I human, look at it, so when I look at the big breakups, Standard Oil is the first one that happened in the you know nineteen yeah you know the first century, and uh, you had the and then you had AT and T because uh, basically Ma Bell owned everything. And yes. did it. Uh, each of those industries, the um, oil business and the um, telephone business, used two of them, each went 10 times after the breakup. The industries okay. themselves went 10 times because so many new 
new uh, competitors were introduced into the marketplace. Uh-huh. But, uh, basically, uh, things got better and they got cheaper. Mm-hmm. Things got better and they got cheaper. So I think maybe Google has to convince people that, and Facebook and Twitter, they have to convince people that the way they're doing it is uh, always going to be better for the consumer. And the consumer is saying, yeah, but if we had 10 Googles, I bet it would be even better. I wonder, yeah. Clubhouse, that, that... Clubhouse is, I mean, Clubhouse is in its present form now, but we don't know what it's going to be like, um, you know, a year from now. Yeah, it's already, it's interesting. Everybody's already talking about I mean, how are they going to monetize? How are they going to monetize this? Ads, of course, and you know, <laughs> private. No, rooms. no, you do it. You do yeah. it through the power of your conversation. Yeah, I mean, if let's say you just follow your natural course over the next year, Dean, and you're on this clubhouse, and then you get invited to this clubhouse, and get invited to this clubhouse. Well, you know, somebody's got to say this. Dean Jackson's really, this Dean Jackson is really an interesting guy. I. I'm just going to go to his, you know, to his website and see what he's about. You just monetize your presence on Clubhouse. Yeah. Well, I think that's really what is, that is what's happening. Like you look at it right now. Yeah. I just look there that I'm, you know, I mean, the last two weeks we've had last two weeks, we've had 10 signups from who not how. That's awesome. Where it's mentioned, I mean, we ask, uh, what is the, you know, what's the most important factor that got you to sign up? And 10 people, mm-hmm. you know, 10 people said it was uh, who, not how. Okay. That's well, I'm, so not great. Making any mo- I'm not making any money on who, not how. I mean, who, not how, right. 10 million copies and I don't make any money on it. But That's right. So I think That's it's so the great. same principle as we're talking here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing. I, I, I immediately looked up after last um, our last um, Cloudlandia podcast. Beast Burger. I said, "Is there a Beast Burger in Toronto?" And sure enough, it's about five miles from where I am right now, and I can order it, and I can get Beast Burger, and it's an existing hamburger place. Yes, it's been there for and- ten years. This. It's right. a hamburger place, but they don't make any mention. They just say, you know, they just talk about their beast, you know, and uh, yeah. then I went to one in Chicago and the menu is exactly the same for the one in Chicago as the one in Toronto. Okay. Yeah, of course. And, and my feeling is he's created a free zone. He's created a complete free zone economy. That's exactly what, you know, that that's why I knew you would love that I brought it up to you because it's yeah, exactly it's a pure, in, in the, it's a, it's a yeah, pure the distinction between the distinction that he didn't start independent. He didn't start ghost kitchens where it was just, you know, he opened up 300 individual kitchens. He is 100% using excess capacity. Of existing, he's in collaboration with existing capabilities. That that burger place 
in the beaches that has been there for 10 years, that he is a blessing to that business right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the big thing is, is um, uh, they suddenly gained enormous online online marketing that they've never had before. Right. And that's you know, if they His screw reach, up, that's yeah. what they that's what they lose. They lose the yeah. Mar- they lose the Cloudlandia connection. They don't. Yeah. And it costs them nothing to redesign their menu because the menu is virtual. Well, that's true. And but and the great news is is that these. Uh, that burger uh, restaurant, they're still doing their own thing too. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. what's great. Yeah. It's that no, it's, it's this pure is all shipping out the back door. It's just redeploying your their capability yeah. with a different uh, with a different collaborator, and that that's really I just man, this the free zone. Uh, frontier is I think so synonymous with what we have going forward here in Cloudlandia. I mean Well, here's the thing. I think your club uh your clubhouse is a free zone too. Yeah, I mean yeah. I I th- I think it's uh, as it exists the way you've described it right now, yeah. I would say that it has the real possibilities of being a free zone. In the yeah. sense that um, all you have to do is show up and, and gradually be someone that other people want to be in a conversation with you. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's. I mean, you start to think about the the possibilities there, um, and any of these, you know being able to uh just gather yep <laughs> being able to gather a crowd instantly that's it all comes down to still the the cream is definitely going to rise to the top yep 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 i saw an interview with that um with reed duckshire reed uh duckshire the head of uh night media that manages Mr. Beast. And mm-hmm. I think six of the top 10 YouTubers are under their management. <laughs> um, yeah. Which is so great. You know, that that's really the taking the, uh, taking the assets and really looking to match their capabilities with, or their reach with amazing Capabilities. We're starting to see. Well, the interesting thing is that uh, podcasting, the entire podcasting universe, which is over, yeah. it's certainly over a billion series now, according to Gord Dickman, my wow. podcast manager. He says it's over it's over a million, a number of series, and they have criteria what constitutes a series. So I think it's based on um, ongoing frequency of a, you know of the podcast uh-huh. series is constitutes. And anyway, uh, but he, uh, um, none of that's covered by the FCC, by the federal communications. Right. Uh, committee. And the thing that I'm seeing is more and more 
we're we're going towards things that can't be regulated and taxed. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the way the the way you censor a podcast is you don't listen to it anymore. That's true. <laughs> ah, that's true. It's a free. Uh, so again, the dream definitely. It's a, it's a free zone. A free, uh, 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 you you take your chances in the free zone. You better be interesting. Yes, you better be good. That's exactly right. You better you better be good. You better be good. You better be useful. You better be interesting, or you know, yeah, nobody's going to live. Yeah. yeah, and I think that. Uh, so my my sense is that. Uh, 10 years from now, so we're <laughs> just finished 2020, that uh, 20, um, in 2030, uh, all the titans that they call the titans of the universe, the masters of the universe, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, Google, and that, uh, they'll still exist, but they'll be a very, very, a much smaller proportion of the total action that's going on in their space. <clears throat> yeah. I want the, yeah, you, the, um, that's the, that's the interesting thing is that our available. I mean, ABC, CBS, ABC, CBS, and NBC still exist, but I haven't watched any of them for, I don't know, three or four years. You know? Right. And that's the thing, but the prize jewel is this, attention that we're yes. all that they were all competing for and that is there that is linear in real time and there's yeah. only so much of it yeah quality 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 yeah who knew i can't believe it's been an hour dead and look at smart, good, and like, smart, good, smart, good, and useful. Yes. Smart, good, and useful. That's a, those are useful. I mean, that's nice criteria. Mm-hmm. Yes, the SGU rating. That's what the <laughs> SGU index. <laughs> yeah. Well, include that yeah. include that in your VCR presentation. And, uh, the SGU. You know, this is going to yeah. be a really good. Uh, I'll give you a time slot within about a week. I'll tell you. You know, we're putting together the. So there's just there's going to be three uh, speakers. So it'll be you, uh, uh-huh. Nick um, um, Sonnenberg, Nick. Um, yeah, who's yeah. been doing great work with us. Uh, so, but he's just going to give five tips, five tips uh-huh. about using, um, you know, so- software as a service. And then um, Peter Zion. Oh, nice. I can't wait for that. That's yeah. going to be great. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it's good. good. Well, I guess I will. Uh, I guess you're my, you're my you, first uh, repeater, though. You're my first repeater. Oh wow! Well, that is uh, that's great. We'll make it. We'll institutionalize it. <laughs> backed by popular, de- backed by popular demand. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you got to earn. You got to earn that spot every year. That's right. No, you just create the spot every year. SGU got to keep your SGU index high. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> this would be great. 
I'm looking forward to it. Me too. All right. Me too. Okay, Dan. Are you good? Are you good a week from now? I am. I am. Yes, of course. Okay. Okay, I'll talk that to you. That was great. Soon. We covered. Uh, that was a fast hour. It really went fast. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Good. Have a Take great care. day. Bye. Okay, bye.